Welcome to a powerful encounter with the Word of God, brought to you by Eastwood Annabelle. Somebody said, ladies and gentlemen, lend me your ears. But today, I want you to really lend me your ears. We are talking about sorcery or sorceress in the house. The fact that we have witches and wizards in our houses. Because when I say the sorcery, the, that word sorcery looks very big. So you may not understand, but I'm talking about witches and wizards. I'm talking about people that kill. I'm talking about those that suck blood. I'm talking about people that use magic. I'm talking about people who will kill you and be the first to cry at your funeral. I'm talking about people who manipulate you. I'm talking about people for whose reason you don't have money. People for whose, for whose reason, the, the reason for which you don't have money. Human beings, the reason for which you are not married. Human beings, the reason for which you don't have children. People for whose, the reason for which your children all behave like mad people. Chil people for whose, for the reason, the reason for which your children are promiscuous. They are immoral. They cannot settle down in any relationship. Oh, there are people in your house for the, the sake of which you can pray because they are sitting on you. They are doing things to you you have no idea. I'm talking about people in your house. Some of them, I'm sure that if you, God came to you, even if God appeared to you physically and told you that this person is a witch or a wizard, you won't believe it. But today I will attempt to see if I can help you to at least locate one or two witches and sorcerers. But here is a man called Peter. Peter goes to um, Samaria and there is a man who during the revival appeared to have been converted. I don't know why Philip never rebuked him. I think Philip belongs to the modern day pastor. I mean the pastors who as soon as somebody recites the Lord's prayer and says I'm born again, says I've given my life to Jesus, the modern day pastor says it's okay, he's born again. So here is a man called Philip, um, Simon the sorcerer. So his name is Simon the sorcerer. The man says, I'm born again. The Bible said, and Simon also believed and he was baptized. But the Bible calls him a magician. It said in Acts chapter 8 and the verse number 9, that but there was a certain man there who was a sorcerer. He said, he was a sorcerer and he used sorcery to bewitch the people. The word sorcerer means he was a, practice, a practitioner of magic. So he practiced magic. He was a magician and he bewitched the people. That means he made the people to be beside themselves. Magic means, sorry, to bewitch somebody means to be beside yourself. It means to be thrown out of position, thrown out of position. So there are human beings whose lives are thrown out of position. The people are not themselves. You can see that what they are doing, they are not themselves. Something is wrong with them because correct human beings, normal people don't behave like the way this one behaves. 
I mean, what kind of normal human being doesn't give chop money to his own wife and children? Something is wrong with him. Something is wrong with him. What kind of man is this who will take care of his own extended family? But his own wife and children, he would never look after them. Something is wrong with him. Something is wrong with a man who will take care of his sisters. But when it comes to his wife, no way. Another one can take care of his wife and children. When he sees his own relative, he doesn't want to help them in any way. Something is wrong. And sometimes, one of the most difficult things in life is to agree that you yourself, witches have affected you. I'm sure sometimes you go to hospital, they diagnose, and they say it's a cancer. You accept it. Sometimes you go, they say it's typhoid. You accept it. Sometimes you go, they tell you it's a viral infection. You accept it. Sometimes you go, they tell you, well, this thing is a, this thing is a tumor. It's a growth, but it's not carcinogenic. It's, sorry, it's not cancerous, and you accept it. But when something is going on in your life, and they say this thing is witchcraft, you can't believe it. How can one human being sleep with all the women you sleep with in the world and you still don't believe you are under a spell? How can a woman sleep with all the men you sleep with and you still think you don't have witchcraft? There is some level of fornication and adultery which belongs to witches. Only they can do it. It takes a spirit of Jezebel. Something has, to, something has to be wrong with you for you to sleep with those chain of men and, and you will never stop. Especially when you claim to be born again and you are in a church and that spirit still will not leave you. That spirit won't leave you. Everybody sleeps with you. Ushers sleep with you. Choir members sleep with you. Even pastors. I keep saying this every day that if a pastor sleeps with you, the curse on you is big. A pastor, man of God with Bible. Put the Bible down, come and lie on you. Oh, no, no, no. You are Satan's sister. And the man is Satan's brother. Just keep yourself well. Make sure you are clean. And today I'm praying that wherever you are, under the sound of my voice, if you realize you have a problem, just believe God to deliver you from it. Some of you sleep and wake up and there's blood in your mouth. I don't know where you ca- it, it came from. You, you went somewhere. You end the night eating with witches and wizards and drinking their blood and doing all kinds of things to defy yourself. You are a whole vampire walking around. And, and, and so here is Simon. The Bible said he bewitched them, made them to be beside themselves. So look at what witches can do to your children. They go to school, they won't study. Because witchcraft has, has, has made them beside themselves. To be beside yourself. To be beside yourself. And it, 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 it also means for someone to be astounded. I'm still talking about that word to bewitch. It means astounded. It, it, it means for you to be walking about and you are in wonder. To be thrown out of position. To be insane. Now, so when he says it bewitched them, it means that they were insane. Witchcraft can make you lose all your money and you think you are a madman. Or you are a madwoman. That is the kind of thing you get your pay today and tomorrow all the pay has disappeared. Some kind of witchcraft. You don't know what is happening to you. 
And there are times for those of you that are married and you are running families. You get your salary and that same week, your extended family full of <laughs> all kinds of spiritual people will surround you, take all the money from you and you don't have enough to take care of your family, to take care of your wife and your children. So here is Simon practicing witchcraft and he had held the people. The Bible said uh, the, the, he was Simon and he was a sorcerer. But from the Latin, from the Latin, there is a word called magus. And magus means sorcery. It means a diviner. And it also means astrologer. So somebody who is an astrologer, a diviner, or a sorcerer, we call the person a magus. Like you have the magi that the Bible said that there were some wise men from the east who went. Now, those people, we don't know what kind of spirit they were having. But I think they were just astrologers. But I don't think they were eating human flesh. Otherwise, the day they got Jesus, I tell you, that would have been suya. Infant, infant suya. Suya is, um, suya is kebab huh? or barbecue, if you, if you don't mind. So, the Bible talks about this Simon the sorcerer. It's amazing that Philip went to Samaria. This powerful revival took place. Demons were cast out, principalities and powers, evil spirits were cast out, and so on and so forth. But Philip didn't realize it. The man said, I'm born again. The man is following them. The man is all over them. And still, Evangelist Philip did not see anything. Evangelist Philip didn't see anything. He was still around the person. And by the time John and Peter came to Samaria, Philip was there with the church. And Peter and John have come and Simon is there. And then they came and their aim was to come and lay hands on them to receive the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said that they laid hands on them, um, Acts chapter 8 and the verse number 17 then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Verse number 18, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands of the apostles the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. And he said, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay my hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Let's stop there. Give me this power also so that <clears throat> on whosoever I lay my hands, the person will also receive the Holy Ghost. God did not call him. The Bible said his heart was not pure. The Bible said his heart was in a place of bitterness. And it was Peter who declared and said, you have no lot in this matter. I believe that if Peter was a covetous man who made a mistake and laid hands on Simon and impacted the anointing, I'm sure the man would have been having a counterfeit anointing or he would have been mimicking the anointing. Now, in talking about Simon Magus, there were some things about the infiltration of his witchcraft into the church. Number one is a monitoring spirit. The Bible said he saw. Monitoring spirit, he saw. There are things that are observing you, that are looking at you, in your going out, your coming in, and everything. They see you. Number two is the monetization. And we spoke about the monetization in the morning. Now I'm staying on a word called mimicking. And when they talk about mimicking, you are talking about copying an act. Copying an act 
or speech or behavior when you copy somebody's act or speech or behavior we say you are mimicking it means to impersonate it means to simulate it means to imitate so this spirit imitates the things of god it is stimulus now i was thinking today that for many christians when you talk about malams how many of you believe in Ma- how many of you know there are malams lift up your hand malams the malam who kill people the malam who tie people if if you want to re- collect somebody's husband you go to a malam and they collect somebody's husband for you how many of you have heard of things like that and if you want to kill somebody you go to the malam and then they tie up the person and kill the person lift up your hand if you believe that now malams are corrupted now the word malam actually there's nothing wrong with it it is the corrupted version who corrupted something and they started calling it malam but as a matter of fact i grew up in Savozongo and i knew muslims and the malam was just supposed to be somebody who is leading them to pray and they just say oh malam something malam something but when you come to the local when you go to not the local when you go among the um accounts in ghana and you say somebody's a malam or when christians just talk about malam they are talking about somebody who kills people and uses um, islamic powers to do dubious things now my problem with you is this you believe there are dubious malams but you don't believe there are dubious pastors you don't believe that the same way an islamic cleric can use islamic power to do wicked and dangerous things you believe in that but you don't believe that somebody too can be called a pastor and the person will use pastoral anointing to do dangerous things i want to tell you as i'm speaking to you now there are pastors who are collecting other people's husbands for some people there are pastors who are killing there are pastors who are causing people's businesses to collapse And I'm saying pastors, I, I, I don't want to use the word prophet. I don't want to use the word teacher. I don't want to use the word evangelist. I don't want to use the word apostle. When I use pastor, that is a very general term. Because, you know, many people sometimes say, oh, there are false prophets. But the same way there can be false prophets, there are false teachers, false apostles, false pastors, false evangelists. And they do all kinds of things. And, and you know, sometimes it's just the pressure of the congregation somebody goes to somebody says i must marry this man by force and they are doing all kinds of prayer and they are believing god for all kinds of things i I remember there was a time and let me tell you even you the church members you can also be malams and false teachers and false members i went to a church and um during the ministration when i was ministering there was a woman who was following me throughout the administration. I mean, I'm walking and she's following. I go here, she's following. I go there, she's following. When I finished the administration, then the pastor says, um, Eastwood, did you see the woman who was following you all over the place when you were ministering? I said, yeah, but I, I didn't understand what it was all about. She said, the reason why the woman was following you like that is because you were dealing with this sorcery that time i went into the church and i was dealing with the balaam spirit she said because of the balaam spirit you were dealing with this woman is like balaam in our church and i said what does she do he said this woman is actually praying that my wife should die and she will marry me and she has gathered a lot of people in the church who are praying that the pastor should die so that 
she will marry the pastor. She said that right from the beginning of creation, the pastor is supposed to be her husband. And that the woman he has married is a wrong woman. So they must pray for that woman to die and she will take over. And that was their prayer. And they were all over the place with the prayer. And the woman was walking around me. I felt so uncomfortable. You could see that she had this negative spirit. You know the serious matter? A few years later, I think one year or two years later, the pastor's wife really died. Only that the pastor did not marry the woman, but the wife died. People, we have all kinds of strange people. And if you are listening to me today, and it is your hope and belief that somebody's wife or husband will die and you take over, we bury you first. That pastor or that pastor's wife will attend your funeral. There's evil in the church. Somebody's sick and lying there. A woman is sick and lying there. And other women are already planning who will marry the man. There are some people you can deal with and after that your marriage is over. Especially those of you that jump from one place to another. And they ask you what are you looking for. We are looking for prayer. And we are going so that you can pray. Listen, I believe in prayer. But if you cannot pray yourself. And you are going to pray a contractor. You are just contracting distraction. I have been a believer for many, many years. From 1980. I got born born again. I can count the number of times I went to somebody and said, pray for me. And that's because you know what? The day I came into the kingdom, I knew that salvation was a personal affair between somebody and God. I want to challenge you to take your chair and sit down and study and pray and seek God for yourself. When you hear a sound word, you listen to the word, but after the word, don't look for another thing to go and do. Rather, go and search the scriptures, whether the things you are hearing are so. If I were you, I'll be clapping. Now, the thing about the mimicking spirit is that it conjures up things. You know, mimicking spirit, it conjures. And because it can conjure things, it is faster. It is faster. You see, when you are conjuring up something, like um, if you have to conjure up a lie, it is easier to lie than to tell the truth. Because normally, the truth is based on substance, but a lie just came out of nowhere. So the conjuring spirit, oh, is fast. Oh, you're bonfire and BBC. Sometimes all you are doing is magic. Bundi, Bundi Yaka, Bombay, Bombay Bazaar. When I say easy, say easy. When I say more, say more. Congo Lapito, put me through, don't put me shit. This was, this was a guy we had in a, when I was a boy growing up and we were li- living in Labadi. He said he was a magician. Then he would just come. And then he worked magic. He just come. Then he says he's a magician. Congo Lapito, and all of us used to call him Congo Lapito. Congo Lapito, Congo Lapito. Put me shit. Put me through. Don't put me shame. That means that do something for me. Don't, don't put me to shame. And Paul would do, his name was Paul. His, his na- real name was Paul. But, the, but the, the magic name was Congola Pito. The, the spirit he was following was called Congola Pito. You know? So Congola Pito. And, and they conjure up things. And sometimes people can use the name of Jesus and conjure up things. Now, watch this. The name Jesus doesn't mean anything. 
the name Jesus, it doesn't mean anything. It's nothing. Unless you have a revelation of Jesus Christ. That is why Peter said, you are the Christ. He didn't say you are Jesus. He said, you are the Christ. Now, when they said Jesus I know and Paul I know, the Jesus they were talking about was the Christ. But as for the name Jesus, you can be Bar Jesus. That is the son. Bar is son. So you can be a Bar Jesus. The name Joshua and the name Jesus are the same. So Jesus was actually a common name that the Jews used. I know what, listen, if the name Jesus means something, then Gabriel Jesus of Manchester United, of Manchester City, I beg your pardon, will be a Christ. So the fact that somebody's praying for you and said, in the name of Jesus, doesn't mean Jesus is behind it. That is why they call it a mimicking spirit. Because you know sometimes the counterfeit looks like the reality. So it conjures up things and it controls people. Listen, every fake thing is very addictive. Look at fake joy coming through alcohol, very addictive. Fake peace coming through marijuana, very addictive. A fake girlfriend, look at the way she can be addictive compared to your own wife. Listen, when you see your own wife, you don't shake like that girlfriend. Or some of you have got man friend, I don't know. It's very addictive. The Bible says stolen waters are sweet. The thing is addictive. Listen, you are an addict. Something is holding you. Something is controlling you. The, the counterfeit can be very controlling. It can be very compelling, demanding. It holds your life and you can't break away. But today, he who the sun shall set free is free indeed. Somebody clap your hands and praise Jehovah. So the mimicking spirit conjures up things. It controls people. It produces counterfeit of the things of the spirit of God. It produces counterfeit. Counterfeit singing, counterfeit prayer, counterfeit word of God, counterfeit, yeah, counterfeit of everything. You know, when, when the devil came to, came to Jesus and was saying, throw yourself down because he will give your angels charge over you. He was quoting the scripture by his counterfeit. It's counterfeit. It's counterfeit because the letter is correct, but the spirit behind it is wrong. The graphing is correct. The graphing, what is written is correct. But this is not the logos and this is not the rima. Something is wrong. The fact that you saw a Bible lying on the center table of the man does not mean the man is a man of God or a woman of God. And it does, the fact that you saw a hymn book on the woman's table does not mean that woman is a believer. Listen, the fact that people are praying does not mean they are of God. If you are not careful, one day you will join a company of witches and wizards. Very soon I will help you by showing you how you can know the difference. But for now, what I want to convince you is that sorcery can be in the house. I know somebody's wondering, Daddy, can there really be sorcery in the house of God, the church? Hmm. 
Jesus is writing to the church in Pergamos. And he said, and unto the church in Pergamos, right, unto the church, unto the angel of the church in Pergamos, right, unto the angel of the church in Pergamos, right. These things saith he which has the sharp sword with the two edges. I know your works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. I know the town in which you are. And I know that in that your town, Satan's seat is in the town. Satan sits in that town. So you know, what you see in the daytime weakens your spirit. What you see in your daytime weakens your spirit. And you are like, oh, 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 oh. But in the night, the male version of that thing is very dangerous. I'm not teaching anything at all. A mimicking spirit. I know where you dwell, where Satan's seat is. But you hold fast my name. Those of you that are in Bogatanga and you are still holding on fast to the name of Christ. May the Lord bless your life. You are in a place where Satan's seat is and he's shaking you, he's fighting you and you are still holding on. May the Lord preserve you into his coming in the name of Jesus. Some of you are following me online and you are going through similar things where you are. And thou holdest fast my name and you have not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful Mattia, the wickedness was so much that Antipas was killed. Sometimes, you know, Christians are so weak. When one person dies, everybody, hey, what did they, what happened, what happened, what happened, what happened, what, what happened? Listen, it's a warfare. Sometimes <laughs> dangerous things can happen in the midst of a warfare. The Bible said, who was slain among you? Even where Satan dwelleth. Hey. And to him, the distribution of Satan in every region, the concentration is not the same. <laughs> there can be more of Satan in one region than the other. That is why when you are doing something like ministry or business, you don't go and compare yourself with people in other regions. No. Every one of us in the principality we are handling. So where Satan dwelleth. Verse number 14. But I have a few things against you because you have there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. Now, so he's saying that you are a church. Your name is Church of Pergamos. But there are some people in your midst who have the doctrine of Balaam. Now, what is the doctrine of Balaam? We all know that Balaam is a counterfeit, fake, false prophet. That is what we know. But that false prophet was not just speaking false words. That false teacher was not just speaking false teachings. He had some practices. Or the people that had the doctrine of Balaam, they had some other practices apart from prophesying lies. This is another thing they do. He said he taught Balaam to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. So you know what, ladies and gentlemen, the peop people that have the spirit of Balaam in our churches, which is a form of sorcery, they cast stumbling blocks in front of us. They are the reasons why we stumble and fall. They are the reasons why we cannot be consistent. They are the reasons why some of the things happen to you and you don't know where they are coming from. They cast stumbling blocks in your way. And they taught the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols. 
I want to encourage you that, ladies and gentlemen, when you are in the church and somebody invites you, let's go here and eat some meat. Don't go. Whether it is donkey meat, dog meat, you know what you are doing? You are eating witchcraft and idol worship. Because most of this dog meat, look, my father was an idol worshiper. He never killed an, a dog until he was sacrificing. Listen, you are just a practical, practicing idol worshiper. Listen, if you want to carry an anointing for a long time, you must be very careful. There are many things that are offered to idols. Many things are offered to idols. Even the dresses we wear. If you know what some people do before they bring your... Now, why do you think you pray over your machine, you pray over the fabric before you sew, but you think another person has not dedicated the thing to an idol or to a spirit? So he said, he Balaam cast stumbling blocks before the children of Israel. He taught them to eat things that are sacrificed unto idols. And he taught them to commit adultery. I pray that God will open your eyes. And you see, I don't know when Christians will make their life simple. You see the kind of weddings we do these days? They are not in the Bible. I have not seen in the Bible people did wedding with 500 people doing reception. And problem, I believe you've been blessed by this message. For further information, please visit www.eastwoodanaba.com. God bless you richly.